What is good? Let's have some fun. It's the Fundamism Podcast with your host, Paul J. Long, and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and happy holidays from the Fundamism Podcast. It's your boy, Paul J. Long, coming to you live, as always. When I say live, I'm talking live, but you're not listening live. Um, Happy holidays. This is a super exciting time of year. Uh, Before we get into one of the greatest guests uh, ever of all time on any show, TV, network, podcast, radio, This is a gentleman that everybody wants to meet, that everybody wants to be. I cannot wait to introduce him. But shout out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle, doing big things in the Kansas City community and bringing joy, fun, and fulfillment to all. If you're looking for that perfect holiday gift, Charlie Hustle's got you covered. So go to charliehustle.com to learn more. So without further ado, uh, we talked about joy, fun, and fulfillment. We like to bring that to all of our podcast guests. And I hear, I hear, I hear something. I, I think that's our guest arriving. It's oh, oh, oh. Santa! Santa! I know that guy! What's, Here I am! What's good, Santa? How are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you, Paul? I am on cloud nine now that I finally have the opportunity to spend some time with you. Uh, Santa, a lot of folks, they know of your legend, uh, but don't often get the opportunity to get a behind-the-scenes look at all the things that Santa lives and, and what makes him tick. So super excited to learn more about you. But before we get started, one of the questions that we start with every guest is, what do you do for fun, my friend? What do you mean, what do I do for fun? <laughs> this is fun. What could be more fun than delivering love, hope, and joy and to getting smiles from children. That's absolutely true. It is true. the greatest fun in the world. What a great point. Uh, my beautiful wife, Melissa, and I, we have two wonderful children, five and two. And I know uh, them. Yes, you do. Uh, did they make the good book? Absolutely. So, uh, Their father, eh. Yeah, Yeah, he's a little suspect from time to time. But uh, hey, listen, largest room in the world is the room for improvement. So I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, we had the opportunity to take our our children to the Polar Express the other day. We rode the Polar Express and got to hear the story. And my son, two years old, Brennan Royal, of course, named after Will Ferrell's character and stepbrothers, but more importantly, the 2015 Royals World Series yes. run. As I know, that's how you and I bonded. Uh, he just could not wait for Santa to walk through that train door. He was so excited. And um, to your point about bringing fun and joy to and happiness to, to these kids and, and even adults, you know, you never lose the spirit of Christmas if it's in your heart. Uh, he was just so excited to, to get that little bell that you gave him. So from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to say thank you for making that little boy's day. Absolutely. That's what my goal is every day, to make the day of every child that I meet. So let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, you were born Santa, but uh, I'm guessing that you just didn't come out the womb giving everybody gifts. So how did you get to this point or this stage in your career? Well, I inherited the job from my father. Oh, it's my father was Santa before me. Okay, and when he he trained me, and I was able to learn all the behind the scenes things, and graduated from simply 
working in a workshop to running one of the workshops to running all of the workshops and then learning about the reindeer sure. and what to do with the reindeer until the year came that he said, I think you're ready to travel with me on Christmas Eve. And it was the most amazing thing. I could only imagine, you know, so many kids and adults want to ride in that sleigh of yours. I never knew that uh, there was so much work involved in, in getting young Santa ready for his role. So sounds very strenuous, uh, strenuous and, and long. Um, tell me a little bit about how many, first of all, you mentioned multiple workshops. How many workshops does Santa have? Well, there is one giant workshop, but there are different departments throughout. Oh, okay. And there's the doll workshop. There's the car and truck workshop. There's the trains. One entire section for nothing but Barbie. Oh, I could see that. You think that's the most popular uh, holiday toy? Barbie, for all of the years that Barbie has been around, Barbie has been the number one request every single year. Who knew? I know our cameraman, Rob, he's a huge fan. I think that's that's what you were telling me you wanted for Christmas this year is uh, Barbie Playhouse, right? Yeah? Uh, he's nodding his head, yes. Uh, uh, Rob doesn't have children, but he lives vicariously through his old childhood. So he's he's still living as a child, which is important because I think Santa oftentimes, you know, we mentioned earlier that the spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. You know, oftentimes we grow old uh, and we equate that to growing up, but those are two very different things. Wouldn't oh, you agree? Absolutely. I'm, I am older than I am able to. To tell you, <laughs> I, I literally have quit counting birthdays. I just don't know how old I am. Sure. I still feel good, and I will continue to deliver Santa, as Santa, to deliver toys as long as I am able. But at some point, I will pass it on to my son. Sure. Who will become Santa Claus. So is he in the, uh, is, is, he, is he already being, uh, being uh, mentored? And- oh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, in our family, it starts as soon as you're able to walk. Oh, wow. I can only imagine. That's a, uh, if you didn't have those gloves on, I'm sure I'd see lots of, uh, lots of blisters and uh, hard workers' hands is what we call them, right? Nixon cuts from working in the workshop. Sure, I could see it. Well, you know, you are so great about passing joy and happiness to others. I thought that this would be a great opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about what drives joy and happiness for you. And you obviously mentioned that you get a great amount of joy from showering others with with um, with happiness. But what is what's what makes you tick? Like, what is what's the best gift that somebody could give you? Well, I'll give you an example. I visit children's hospitals. Mm. The very best gift I could get is for one of those children's hospitals to call me up and said, Santa, we don't need you to come. All of the children have gone home. Oh, wow. That would be the best thing that could happen. You see, and I had the opportunity to sit down and and eat lunch with you recently at Broadway Deli, uh, if you recall, and had had a joyous time. And uh, you shared with me some pretty impactful stories of uh, monumental moments in your life of, of children that have made memories for you or have left an impact on you. So what are some of the most memorable experiences that you've had, um, you know, living as Santa and helping children? Well, I'm a big supporter of an organization called 
Santa America. Okay. And Santa, you can find us on the website at www.santaamerica.org. And Santa America delivers love, hope, and joy 365 days a week, a year. We are focused on children in hospice care, children with chronic pediatric conditions, and children dealing with post-traumatic stress. Mm. And we've developed some specific programs out of that. I've worked with that organization to do that. And because of that, we deliver. I got you. Coal, is it coal? You deliver coal, right? Oh, for some boys and girls. <laughs> mostly to their parents. Fair enough. That's me. That's me, because I uh, I'm not on the good list. But we deliver a hug. Mm. And here. Oh, I get one? Oh, you get one. This is a hug. And we tell children who are having very stressful situations to put their hands in the mittens and to give themselves a squeeze. Mm. And when they do, Santa gives them a hug and says, someday when you're having a really hard time and you just feel like you need it, put, your, put, the, put the hug on, put your hands in the mittens, and give yourself a squeeze and know that it's a hug from Santa hmm. because Santa Claus loves you all the time. Unfortunately, I have been to more than one wake or funeral of a child, and the hug was there at the funeral. What says a lot about the impact that you make on others, though, that, um, that, that, that that's the last thing that they, they have with them and the impact that, that you play in the, in the lives of so many, and not just children, you know? I think what's interesting is as we grow older, sometimes we lose sight of the things that are really important. And, you know, the holiday season can be stressful for a lot of adults, and so what advice do you give to these individuals that, that put so much stress on themselves to ensure that their kids are enjoying the holiday season when in reality they're not? I know it's difficult and it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I would say to the adults is relax. It's Christmas. It's a wonderful, joyous, celebratory time. But when you put the stress on yourself, for things that don't matter. Parents get very, very concerned about getting the perfect gift for their child. I stress about it. I challenge children every year at some point, many times, and ask them, tell me what I brought you for Christmas last year. And nine out of ten have no idea. Really? They don't remember? They don't remember. Hmm. Because the thing that they think in the moment, and the parents interpret as got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. It's very expensive. It's hard to find. Parents stress over that. For many of the children, a year rolls by, can't even remember what it was. Mm. Well, I think to that point, we get so wrapped up in the moment of, of pleasing others and, and wanting to be the perfect parent or get the perfect gift or whatever it may be. But in reality, the one thing that no child or even adult could get enough of is love and appreciation. So sometimes just being there and showering others with kindness and love can go a long way, huh? Absolutely. And that's why delivering love, hope, and joy 
is what the Christmas season is all about. Well, you mentioned that a lot of folks don't remember uh, what they got last year. I want to let you know, when I was 12 years old, I was super into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And my favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle was Michelangelo because he was just, he was wacky and zany and seemed like he never had his stuff together. And that was kind of how I lived my life, uh, obviously. I mean, look at me right now. Uh, but that's the only thing I wanted for Christmas. And so I, I asked Santa, I sat, on his, I sat on your lap multiple times. Uh, I always wondered, you know, how could he possibly remember what every kid on the planet wants for Christmas? So I was worried. And uh, I'll never forget I walked in the room that morning and my eyes lit up as, as I'll be darned if I didn't get that Michelangelo uh, action figure. And, and so thank you. I have never got the opportunity to say thank you for making this young boy's day. And uh, that memory sticks out to me. Well, Mike is a little bit crazy. You're right. Yes. But, um, you know, we, he and I have had some talks. Yeah, Calabanga. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And Leo and the rest of them. But, you know, but how they have developed over the years and... Uh, but they're still good, strong toys that, that the boys and girls still really That's like. true. They made a little comeback last year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you touched on a couple of things, not just there, but earlier. We talk a lot about whether you've made the good list or the naughty list. And so a lot of misnomers out there. Like, is there a naughty list? I really don't have a naughty list. That really came from a song. Mm. You know, making a list, checking it twice. I do remember that song. Well, I have a list... But it's my book of good children. And the goal, of course, is to have your name listed in that book of good children. For children that aren't in the book, I just, we talk about ways that they can work a little harder. We talk about things that might not be going right that they have some control over. Unfortunately, in many children's lives, they get faced with situations where they don't have any control. Sure. And that's awful for them. Yeah. Uh, but where they've got control, try to encourage them to work on those things and uh, improve their lot. Well, I think that goes back to having something to believe in and somebody who believes in you. And I think that's, that's what critical role you play in the lives of so many in that you give children and others something to believe in. And uh, you are a symbol of kindness and joy and heart and... That's something that, that everybody wants to feel at the holiday season. And it's interesting that it comes out around this time of year to the point that we're so cognizant of it, but it seems to kind of go by the wayside or is not, it's not as important throughout the years. So why do you think that is? Well, I think it's only perception. Okay. There is goodness and kindness out there every day of the year. We just don't necessarily pay attention to it, hmm. except at this time of year. Fair enough. But it's there, and it's there every day. Um, and if we all, I think, spend a little more time looking for it and accentuating it, I think we'd all be a little better off. I agree. You know, I, I'm sitting across from you, and I can't help but just dwell and, and bask in the glory of that mustache. What kind of product do you use in that, Santa? Do you use any product? Is that, ear, is that good old-fashioned earwax? What is that? Oh, that's got to be glued. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's absolutely glorious. I've been growing my mustache out for two months. And I mean, this is as good as it gets. It's just, it's got a little gray in there too. So if I, if mine looked as great as yours, I would go full bore, but it doesn't. It looks terrible. You know, if you put a little bit of milk on that, I've got a cat <laughs> that could take care of it. <laughs> 
Hey, speaking of milk, uh, lots of folks, they leave you goodies on uh, Christmas Eve. Yes, they do. And so who makes the best cookies? Mrs. Claus, of course. Uh, smart and I answer. I got to tell you, you think I'd really answer that any differently? Yeah, that's a very smart answer. Strategic, uh, if you will. Hey, I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> uh, eating so many cookies, how do you stay so fit? Well, if you only knew. <laughs> Mrs. I got to tell you, Mrs. Claus is concerned that my cookie zone is getting too big. Oh, really? And she's asked me to spread the word to the boys and girls this year to please, I only need two cookies, not a whole plate full. Because two cookies, Mrs. Claus thought would be a big help. Now, since Mrs. Claus isn't here, I'm going to say it. She didn't say how big they could oh, okay. be. Okay, all right. But don't, please, don't spread that around. Don't, I don't want her to know. Was it the Great American Cookie Factory at the mall that has those giant cookies? So could you indulge in two of those in one sitting? I don't know that I'd finish them all. Okay. But I do sometimes share with the reindeer. Oh, that's a good point. Now, yeah. uh, that begs a good question. Who's your favorite reindeer? Who's your favorite child? Uh, do you want me to answer honestly? Because I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously we love them both. Uh, yeah. They 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 all have their their fun intricacies, right, and their their little quirks. But uh, you know, father always has love and affection for both. I had for I all. learned a lesson a long time ago from a very wise lady who was in a situation, and she looked at her daughter, who they were having some struggles, and she looked at her daughter and said, "I love all my children the same." And I love all my children differently. Mm. That's interesting. And that is about as profound a thing as I think I ever heard. I agree. You know what's interesting about that, though, is like there's only one reindeer that had a song exclusively written about him, though. So that what is that? That kind of tells me that he he has a little bit of clout around the Santa household. Well, he does. I mean, of course, he's in front. And he's got a red nose. Sure. But you know, that's that's another thing about that song. Sometimes it confuses the children. They think I have another reindeer snuck in there somewhere <laughs> named Olive. What? Tell me. Yeah, because the song goes, Olive, the other reindeer. <laughs> Santa's got jokes, ladies and gentlemen. But I think I'll keep my day job. Oh, no. I, hey, listen, your day job's killing it. Uh, so speaking of songs, what's your favorite holiday song, Santa? Well, if you're talking about a Christmas carol, it would be uh, Silent Night. And... There is a song out there by a group called Cloverton that is Alleluia mm -hmm. by Leonard Cohen converted to a Christmas version sure. that I just love. I love that song as well, and I, I like the version by Pentatonix. Uh, my daughter, son, and Melissa and I, we listen to it regularly. And uh, it's funny, every time we get in the car, my daughter— so first of all, my daughters listen to The Greatest Showman, uh, just on repeat. Can we, can we listen to every song by, by Hugh Jackman? And my son always wants to listen to YMCA, like a YMCA song, YMCA song. Sometimes they don't give them a choice, and I just put on a song, and recently it's been Hallelujah by Pentatonix, and you know they, they ask for their song, but 20 seconds in, they're singing along and they're feeling it. And I think that's, that's just indicative yep. of the spirit of Christmas, right? Absolutely. So you know, one of my favorite songs, and Rob was getting a kick earlier, you, you know, Rob, my favorite holiday song is... I hear those sleigh bells ringling, jing, jing, jingling too. You know what I'm talking about, right? What's your favorite song to sing? Do you sing, Santa? Well, I like to sing when I go out and visit boys and girls. Sure. I tell them a story about how I got the sleigh and the reindeer. 
And at the end of that, we sing jingle bells together. What's the story? Oh, how long have you got? <laughs> I got exactly five minutes for this story. Oh, no. We, we, we didn't All right, take fair longer enough. than that. Uh, so, you know, you talk a little bit about cookies and diets. I tried to help you out last year. Uh, Adeline, Brennan, and I sat down. We had a heart to heart. I'm trying to get Adeline to eat more vegetables. Brennan's never, he's trying to be like dad. He's, I eat broccoli. He wants to eat broccoli. Adeline won't eat any vegetables. So last year I said, you know, Santa's actually been catching grief from Mrs. Claus. He get, got this cookie limitation, yep. only two, limit two. Let's put out some carrots and celery. And I'll be darn Santa if we wake up in the morning and that, that celery and carrot sticks are still sitting there. What happened? Well, I forgot to take them to the reindeer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you forgot. Hey, that's you exactly know, I, what... <laughs> I fly in and out of houses so fast. Sometimes I can't grab everything. Sure. You yeah. know, a lot of folks are driven, uh, or we, we don't make decisions based on fear. And so when you think about your come up and, and your father training you to become the Santa that you are today, was there anything that you were fearful of in becoming, you know, this, this idol that you are today? The hardest thing that I do is visit children that are very sick and maybe dying. Mm. Because the hardest question they ask, what, what question does Santa ask every child he visits? And what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you think some of those children respond? Not to be here, to be healthy. I, wanna, I don't want to die. Yeah. I don't want to be sick. Sure. And unfortunately, those are things that Santa can't do. Sure. But I believe it is every child's right to have the opportunity to visit with Santa. Sure, absolutely. Well, that's obviously near and dear to my heart. As you know, um, I work very closely with NOAA, um, NOAA Wilson's charity, uh, yep. NOAA's Bandage Project. Of course, Deb and Scott Wilson are close personal friends of Melissa and I, and I know that you know at the age of six, this boy was diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric cancer called Ewing sarcoma, and, and he changed my life, and he changed so many individuals' lives. And uh, I know that that could be challenging to be surrounded by that, and those children, just as all children, look up to you a great deal, and that's very hard. I mean, I think that's very similar to the question of you know why does God put me in this position. And, you know, there's, there's always a reason, and we never know what it is. But being in your shoes, I think that that kind of relates to a lot of parents and, and individuals that are faced with challenge. You know, why me? Or, um, you know, why, why am I faced with this particular challenge? How do you cope? How do you deal with that? You asked me earlier who my hero was, and I said, my dad. Mm -hmm. I've got another hero. Who's that? My hero is a little boy named Spencer. I met Spencer on Christmas Eve one year. And we flew in a helicopter, landed in his front yard, planted a magic acorn, poured, it, poured fertilizer on it, and then put a survey flag in the ground to mark where it was. And I told him that that acorn would turn into an oak tree, and someday he'd be able to play underneath it. And then I asked him if he wanted to go for a ride in the helicopter to see the Christmas lights. Well, he beat the pilot and I to the helicopter. <laughs> So we took off and we came, flew down and flew around the plaza lights and around the stadiums and then headed back to his home. And when we got there, that magic acorn had turned into a 30-foot oak tree complete with lights. My goodness. And the survey flag was in the top of the tree. And as he described it, that was the tree that me and Santa grew. A Christmas miracle. 
and he was not supposed to make it to the next Christmas. Well, lo and behold, I went back the next Christmas, and we relit the tree. And I went back the next year, and we relit the tree. And I went back the next year to relight the tree, but this time Spencer wasn't there. Mm. And in the middle of that year, when he had passed, I had gone to his funeral and talking to his grandmother, and she said, you know, about six weeks ago, Spencer was having a really good day, and Mom needed to go someplace. So instead of me going to his house to take care of him, he came to my house. We were in the living room watching TV, and I got up to go in the kitchen to do something, and Spencer followed me to the kitchen. And he looked at me, and he said, Grandma, am I going to die said, it's not the conversation you want to have with your six-year-old grandson. And I said, well, Spencer, you know, everything dies. You know, you live on the farm. Dad plants stuff. It grows. It dies. He goes, no, Grandma, am I going to die soon? She said, well, Spencer, you're doing everything the doctors and nurses say, and your mom and dad are helping, and everybody's helping. You're doing your work. Grandma... And finally she said, well, Spencer, probably, but you're going to get to see Grandpa and Uncle Bill. And she started naming family members that had passed Mm -hmm. that he knew. And she said, I stood there, and she goes, I was done. I said all I could say. And he walked around the table and reached out and patted my hand and said, Grandma, it'll be okay. And went back in the living room to play. Mm. So... Spencer is my hero. When I'm having a hard time, I say, if a six-year-old could figure this out, what's my problem? Sure. I think it's super important to hear stuff like that, especially coming from you, Santa, because you know we often get caught up in the life that we live and, and wanting it to be perfect and want to shower everybody with greatness. And Obviously, people see you as an idol and, and uh, you know something that brings great joy and, and, and love and and positive memories, but obviously that's just not, that's not 100% of the time the case. And so to hear that, that you see and have felt that heartache and, and have helped children, you know, through those challenging times, I think it means a lot. And no matter what you're going through at home, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know that sometimes our challenges could be even harder at this time of year, just realize that there's somebody out there that's got it worse. Uh, there's always people that have it worse, and oftentimes they're handling it better than you are. So never lose sight of the fact that you aren't alone, and there's a lot of folks that you could turn to and and uh, and could help support you. And if you need a hug, heck, come see Santa, because he's got a wealth of them, right? That's it. There's It's a never-ending supply. But I have to tell you, you know, if you had the opportunity to get 10 people that you know to stand around a table— and say, on the count of three, everybody put your troubles out on the table for everybody to see. Everybody lays their troubles out there, and you start looking to see what your neighbor's dealing with and what every guy across the street's dealing with and all that, and you say, okay, on the count of three, pick up the ones you want. Nine out of ten people will pick up what they laid down. Why do you think that is? Because they've learned how to deal with it. That makes sense. So... Speaking of of challenges, I've often wondered, like, if you didn't make the good list, now that I know that there's not a naughty list, you make the good list or you don't, do people actually get coal? Very few. Very few? 
you're you're moving away from home. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I appreciate it's close, that. but yeah. you're you still got a little bit of work to do. Yeah, you know what I want for Christmas, Santa? What do you want for Christmas? I want. I want you to make it easier on parents to put together the toys that they buy for their children for Christmas. <laughs> well, they're the toys that you buy? The, yes. All you, got, all you have to do is, is direct it towards Santa. Ask for one of the they elves to do it. That's true. That's absolutely true. That, you're, that your little Padawan has actually helped making right now as you're mentoring him to, to fill your void. That's it. So you have a million different nicknames, Santa. You have St. Nick. You have Chris Kringle. You have the jolly old one. Uh, obviously, Santa Claus. What's your favorite? They're all my favorite. I'll answer to any of them. And I will especially answer to anything Mrs. Claus calls me. Sure, that's smart. Some of which I won't repeat. That's smart. What's the one thing that really gets under Mrs. Claus' skin that you do? Because we all got them. The one thing that I do, um, besides eat too many cookies. Fair enough, yes. um, It's working too hard, Mm. too many hours. I could see that. But this time of year, it's... It's what's required to get it done for the children, because this is all about the children. We've got some rules. Did you know that? We have, we have two no. rules at the North Pole. I did not know this. Rule number one is, it's about the children. Okay. Rule number two is, if you have a question or problem, please see, see rule, rule number one. one. <laughs> I love it. That makes perfect sense. You know, it's funny, because I hear that regularly in my household. It's all about me, Dad. So I didn't realize that she was referring to your rules. So I guess it all makes sense now. That's it. So, uh, you know, you you just shower people with love, joy, and kindness around this time of year. And obviously every time you're out, what do you do when it's not Christmas or the holiday season? What do you, What's the remainder of your year you'll look like? Well, let me, let me, our schedule is kind of like this. Christmas Eve, you know, I go out and make the big trip with the reindeer. When I get everything done and get back to the North Pole, the sun is just coming up Christmas morning. And I'm really tired, but we have a giant celebration. All of the elves come, all of the reindeer come, Mrs. Claus and I at the head table, and we have a big party to celebrate another successful season. Mm. And then I go to bed and sleep for about three days. (laughs) (laughs) And on the 28th, I get up, And we have our first round of meetings at the North Pole to review what happened in the year just finished. It's a performance assessment. That's right. And to make sure that we have met our goals and find out where we've fallen short, because unfortunately, sometimes we do. Sure. And then start making plans for the next year. And then the department heads all go off to take those outline plans and turn them into concrete action. And while they're doing that, I give them two weeks to do that. Mrs. Claus and I take a vacation to someplace warm. Good for you. What's uh, Mrs. Claus' favorite vacation spot? Again, any place warm. Okay, fair enough. Warm and beach. So uh, a couple of things to close out, Santa. How far can you throw a snowball? Not very far. My, my muscles are developed for throwing the sack across my shoulder, not for throwing snowballs. Um. Santa's obviously known for his bellowing ho, 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 and laugh. What's the last uh, gut-busting laughter that you had? What, what caused it? 
You? Uh, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> and it wasn't even while I was in your presence. <laughs> right. I was watching you and saw what you... Oh. Yeah, I, I do a lot of silly things. Uh, Santa, I see that you brought some books. What is... Uh, I see... What's, a, what's an angel in the sky about? An angel in the sky is a book that Santa delivers to children that may be in hospice care. Okay. That children may not be looking at another Christmas. Um it's to, help, it's to help them get through what they're going through. Can somebody um, find that anywhere? Through www.santamerica.org. I love it. I love it. And speaking of which, Santa, I am blessed to have had the opportunity to meet you. Um, you actually are giving me the opportunity to speak at Santa America, right? That's right. Or- we are having a training symposium, a national training symposium in September in Overland Park. And I thought you would be a really good keynote opening speaker. Well, thanks for your... So I am working my way back uh, up to that good list. That's right. You're getting there. Thank you. And I've been reading your book. Oh, Santa. Shout out to Santa. He's got the book. (laughs) So, you know, that's based on the principles that you taught me. We're trying. Yeah, because it's all about, you know, the foundation of who we are and a kindness in others and understanding others' perspectives and asking questions that matter and showing a genuine interest and in, in people that that may not just be less fortunate than us, but maybe just need a friend. And then, of course, next steps. And, and that aligns closely with your performance review and identifying where you fell short so you could potentially get better. So that's fun to me. That's exactly right. It's it's all fundamentalism. Well, you even nailed the the Rob. Are you hearing this? Santa's a fan of me. That's this is big time. This made my day, and this isn't the first time you're going to make somebody's day. I know that uh, you got lots of events planned uh, up and into and through Christmas. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about how to get Santa at one of their events, obviously, as mentioned, it's. SantaAmerica.org. SantaAmerica.org. And or you uh, can go to our Facebook page. Awesome. Uh, and befriend us at Santa America on Facebook. Beautiful. If you have any advice uh, for individuals trying to make the good list or just make the most out of the holiday season, what would it be, Santa? First thing is take a deep breath. This too shall pass. Yes, sir. Sometimes it's not easy. Um, nobody ever said it was going to be easy. Um, but you've, you, to take care of yourself first, um, if you take care of yourself, puts you in better position to do the thing we're really supposed to do, and that's take care of others. That's absolutely true. Well, Santa, I admire you a great deal with all the individuals that sit on your lap, all the cookies you have to force down. Obviously, I know against your will, um, but most importantly, all the kindness and uh, positivity and just amazing memories that you shower others and create for others. You really drive an experience. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm sure all of our listeners, thank you from the bottom of theirs as well. Well, thank you for allowing me to come and visit with you. Sure. And uh, make sure that you clean it up. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on okay. it. I, I, you know what? I'm going to get a reprieve this year. I'm going to start fresh next year, and I'm hoping that I could I, I could complete that box set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, hope Raphael is in my future, Leonardo, and of course Donatello. So, I'm looking to become uh, Leonardo because he was the leader of the crew. Yep. He was he was always he just embodied leadership. So that's I'm progressing. It's a listen. Yeah, it, it's, it's all a progress. It's a, it's it's all, a process. You're absolutely it, yeah. right, Santa. Hey, happy holidays, my friend. If you ever need any help, 
I know a lot of folks that would be more than happy to come assist in the workshop. So you just let me know. All right. Well, as always, this is the Fundamism Podcast. Wishing you a happy holiday season. Thank you very much for tuning in. We wish you all the best and go create some fun for yourself and others. Ho, ho, ho!